We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking Chase Claypool, Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, and more on Rotoviz Radio. All right, everybody, this is Curtis Patrick. I am one of the owners here at Rotoviz Radio. Dave Cabin, my faithful co host, actually has the week off. He's on a much needed vacation. Uh, loyal listeners of the show will note that Dave just moved uh, to moved his family uh, to a new house, just a cross town move. Uh, didn't uproot himself or anything. But I mean, geez, as somebody who's moved twice in my adult life, it's a stressful time. It is definitely a stressful time. And he's got, uh, you know, when you're when you're not just moving yourself or yourself in a significant other, but also uh, when there's kids involved. There's just so much more stuff, man. Um, the amount of plastic, the amount of big plastic that you start to accrue um, when you're a parent is just nuts. The yard toys are so huge. The dollhouses, the cars and trucks, and uh, it's just, it's a lot. So um, kudos to you, Dave. Hope you're having a great time with the family. And who knows, maybe you'll go on a, a lovely morning walk drinking your coffee, milk, and Coke, and you'll listen to this episode and smile, uh, knowing that we're thinking of you. So uh, today, uh, this is a solo show. I wanted to get into a few of the wide receivers that I just can't stop drafting in these best ball tournaments. Um, I'm at the point where, you know, I'm 50 plus, uh, I'm 50 plus best ball drafts in, uh, 36 tournament drafts in, and it all just kind of falls in place now. You know, for those of you that play best ball and volume, you get to that point where it's it's just muscle memory. And, you know, we're kind of halfway through best ball season. And so, I, you know, before I really get pot committed on some of these players, I want to go back and look at some of my biggest exposures year to date, make sure that I still believe uh, in these exposures. Um, ha- has recent news changed my thoughts on these players? And, you know, why have I been on them uh, to this point? So we'll kind of go in in order of maybe surprise here uh, or order of value, um, 
young to old. I mean, there's any number of ways that you could say that this is ordered. Um, but I want to start with Chase Claypool. So, you know, Claypool, um, huge, huge, huge success as a rookie, second round pick going to Pittsburgh. Um, intriguing because of the size, speed, profile, freak score, uh, standout, you know, one of our uh, try, uh, tried and true, you know, kind of time-tested metrics here at Rotoviz and our Dynasty Scouting uh, Tool dashboard. But Claypool comes in, scores nine touchdowns for the Steelers. Uh, in a year where the Steelers start out 11-0, gangbusters, looks like the offense is is firing. Uh, not much of a running game to speak of because of offensive line woes, but they eventually fall off as you know Ben Roethlisberger's knees, elbows, and uh, you know probably other joints that weren't listed in the injury report started to fail. Um, but nonetheless, Claypool comes in and just sets the world ablaze uh, with second round draft capital and amongst a, a wide receiver core that also consisted of Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, former fantasy darling, and Deontay Johnson, who has a very, very dedicated following uh, in his short uh, tenure in the NFL as well. So looking a little bit deeper at Claypool and and why I'm in uh, on Claypool. And, and when I say I'm in on him, I've got a 22.2% uh, exposure to Claypool in best ball tournament drafts across 36 teams. That means I've got, uh, what's the math there? I've got eight shares. Uh, so eight shares in 36 teams, about $200 invested in the player at this point. Um, so yeah, you know, I've, I've got a, I've got a vested interest in, um, if his ADP doesn't change, you know, that interest could, could rise a little bit higher. So, you know, what, what are you paying for Claypool? He is like a, a six, seven turn guy in, in FFPC tournaments right now. He's got an AP, ADP of 74.6 that places him right behind players like Kenny Galladay and Odo Beckham Jr. Uh, who are going at 70.3 and 72.7 respectively. Uh, and, and he's about a half around ahead of guys like DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, uh, aforementioned teammate Juju Smith-Schuster, and Robbie Anderson. So he's sitting right there in a cohort of um, aging potential team alphas in Galladay and Beckham. And then, you know, some other players that are in confusing wide receiver situations like Claypool himself and Chark, Sutton, Juju, and, and Robbie A. Uh, why am I in on Claypool? So this, the second round jump, uh, or the second year jump rather, um, it's it's not a fake thing. I mean, receivers who are good as rookies, uh, efficient as rookies, break out with more than 200 PPR as rookies, they, they just tend to go on and continue to be good. Um, one of the best tools that really helps to illustrate this at Rotoviz, one of the most powerful fantasy research tools in the industry, is the Rotoviz screener. And so, set up a very simple study. I go in there to the Rotoviz screener in our tool to dashboard, set global filters. I, let's just look at the last decade. So, 2011 through 2020, we're going to look at rookie seasons by players drafted in the first or second round. Let's take a look at PPR production and then what happens in year two uh, for these players. So since the year 2011, the last 10 NFL seasons, there have been, let's see, 12, yeah, 14 seasons by a first or second round wide receiver with 200 PPR or more. Hope you enjoyed my counting there. 
those names are, I'll just run them down, but you'll, you'll see where I'm going with this. Odell Beckham Jr., Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Kelvin Benjamin, A.J. Green, A.J. Brown, Amari Cooper, Chase Claypool, C.D. Lamb, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Jordan Matthews, and Sammy Watkins. Now, something really interesting happens um, that helps us, you know, sort through these players a little bit more um, to, you know, maybe put us on them in Dynasty. Um, if you look at Kelvin Benjamin, one of only two players in this entire cohort that managed over 200 PPR as a rookie, but did it in posting negative fantasy points over expectation. Uh, you know, he got there with a high touchdown rate, but still managed to underperform versus his opportunity back in 2014. So Kelvin Benjamin, negative 11 fantasy points over expectation, scored 227 PPR. Of course, the next season, we didn't get to see what eventually happened because he had uh, that horrible knee injury that really ended up um, derailing the rest of his career at that point. The only other player uh, who amassed 200 PPR as a first or second round rookie receiver in the last decade and did so with negative fantasy points over expectation was Sammy Watkins. He had negative 3.1. Now, he did go on to score 200-plus PPR again uh, in the next season um, and actually did so in impressive fashion, 218 PPR in just 13 games. When you look at the rest of the list, they all scored 200-plus PPR. They all did it you know, with giving us a little bit more than would be expected um, from their opportunity. And the, the next season output, just so, so impressive. I mean, OBJ throws up almost 320 PPR in year two. Michael Thomas, 258 in year two. Mike Evans had the weird uh, touchdown regression in his sophomore. If you remember, everyone was really drafting him aggressively in 2015. He only scores three touchdowns, still manages 213 PPR. Just kind of a weird outlier season in his career. Now looking back in the rearview mirror, um, you know, but uh, unfortunately he was drafted so aggressively that uh, I think he lost people some leagues uh, that year. A.J. Green scores 300 PPR in year two. A.J. Brown, we know, uh, just under 250 last year at 249.3. Amari Cooper, 230-plus PPR. Julio Jones, 260-plus in year two. So you start looking at this, and then you look at the rookies this uh, from last season, from 2020, who are embedded in this list. And it's Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb. And it's Chase Claypool. Well, we're paying the premium for Jefferson already. Now, to be fair, Jefferson outscored Claypool by you know fifty to sixty PPR uh, last season. So you know it makes sense that you're paying a premium for him. Um, but there's also there's there's less room you know for Jefferson probably to grow at this point. Very few receivers score two hundred seventy plus PPR in any given season. Um, and then you also look at CD Lamb. Now, I expect CD to just absolutely explode this year if he gets a full season with Dak Prescott. But CD Lamb's being drafted, you know, three full rounds ahead of Chase Claypool. So you, you get Claypool and you get access to the type of year two bump that many of these players provided in, in their respective year twos. But you also have a very nice floor insulation i mean every single one of those players save benjamin who was injured in year two i mean they all performed 
only Calvin Ridley failed to score 200 plus PPR in year two. And he, it was, he was at a uh, 197. I mean, Claypool is not, I don't think viewed as a safe investment, but the historical cohort that he fits within suggests that he's very safe. Um, so I've just really enjoyed gobbling up shares of Claypool again. Uh, he is going at 74.6 in your FFPC uh, best ball drafts right now. You know, the cases against him would be, you know, maybe Big Ben, you know, finally actually completely falling off the cliff. That's probably the worst case scenario. Um, I don't think that we necessarily have to worry as much about, you know, how he would uh, manage the interplay with Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, Claypool is in a totally different animal he brings a different element to the offense. The nine receiving touchdowns are a function of his big playability and his mega frame. Uh, you know, Deontay Johnson does have that big playability. Uh, Juju has been less elusive after the catch the last couple seasons. Um, and he has been, you know, a trusted target down uh, in the scoring area of the field. Uh, but again, he's not the jump ball player. Um, doesn't have the long speed of a Claypool. So, you know, I expect Claypool to still be able to produce on the looks that he does get. So assuming a Ben Roethlisberger healthy season, Chase Claypool, a very uh, solid investment here in the early seventh round. Now, who are some players? Who are the other two players we want to get into today? Well, a player with the same amount of exposure in my best ball tournament uh, portfolio to, the, to date is Michael Thomas. I didn't expect to really be in on Michael Thomas this year um, in the post Drew Brees era, um, having yet gotten really any clarity about what the Saints quarterback room uh, in the final depth chart order is going to be between James Winston and Taysom Hill. I just didn't expect to be in on him, but I'm finding that he's just slid so far and the lack of respect is really it's really kind of shocking. I mean, he's he's going in the middle of the third round. Uh, Michael Thomas, I think, has done enough without Drew Brees in his career to this point to warrant a little bit more respect than going, you know, wide re wide receiver ten in this case. And you know, we can really illustrate what dynamic has uh, looked like for Thomas with different quarterbacks by using our road of his game splits app. Um, you can go in and split player production, you know, by year, um, by players who also played, which is the function that we'll use here to illustrate, you know, why I'm kind of in on Thomas here. You can also change the statistical measures in your, in your splits. So I'll, I'll leave up all the, you know, the traditional statistical measures for wide receivers, you know, PPR scoring, uh, receptions, touchdowns, targets, and yards uh, for this exercise. So, you know, famously, Drew Brees missed a lot of time, you know, in the 2019 and 2020 seasons. This is also well past, you know, Michael Thomas's year one and year two where he's very solid. Uh, but we're now into the, the the space where he's been, you know, kind of in that uber elite category, you know, with the, the multiple 300 plus PPR seasons under his belt. So, if you, if you build a split of 2019 and 2020, Michael Thomas played in 23 games between the two seasons. Of course, he missed a lot of time in 2020. He played 14 games with Drew Brees and nine games without him. <laughs> in those splits, I mean, it's remarkable. 
He averaged 19.93 PPR with Drew Brees. He averaged 19.94 without Drew Brees. He averaged 8.3 receptions with Drew Brees. He averaged 8 receptions without him. He averaged 10.8 targets with Drew Brees, just 9.9 without him. So, you know, about a target a game difference. Uh, but even without Drew Brees, he still paced, you know, if you extrapolate the the per game rates uh, to a 16 game season, Thomas was still pacing for 158 targets in games played without Drew Brees. So, you know, this is still we're talking like top of, top of the NFL levels of t- raw target volume here. And then from a, a receiving yards per game perspective, 90.6 yards per game with Drew Brees over the last two seasons, 99.3 without him. Okay, so to be fair, 2019 versus 2020, very different. Of course, in 2019, MT's putting up those stats with Teddy Bridgewater for the most part, and in 2020, he's putting up those stats with Taysom Hill. Well, what would it look like in 2021? It's easy to start to envision what it would look like with Taysom Hill because we have a really good sample size, a relevant sample, uh, from 2020. You know, Thomas got four games without Breeze in 2020. He averaged 16 PPR per game, 258 extrapolated to a full season. Uh, paced for 120 receptions, 7.5 receptions a game, uh, 9.25 targets a game, which is a 148 uh, season-long target pace. An average 85.75 yards per game, which uh, equates to a, a pace of 1,372 receiving yards. So Michael Thomas still looks like a very bona fide wide receiver one, even in a situation where Taysom Hill's the quarterback and the offense looks a little different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Okay, so did we just, we what? We just outlined the the floor scenario for Michael Thomas, right? I mean, everything that I've been told is that Michael or that uh, Taysom Hill would be bad for the passing game in New Orleans. But what, you know, the data tells us is that the Saints would still funnel volume uh, to Michael Thomas. 
Um, Taysom Hill probably causes some issues for Latavius Murray and, and Alvin Kamara because of lack of utilization of the running backs uh, in the receiving game. And then you may be stealing an increased number of rushing touchdowns uh, from in close. Michael Thomas is going to be fine. He's going to be absolutely fine if Taysom Hill wins this job. And if Taysom Hill doesn't win the job and we get Jameis Winston, we either get, you know, like decent Jameis Winston, you know, the Jameis that was, you know, propelling Mike Evans to, you know, multiple high-end wide receiver one seasons a, a few years ago, or we get bad Jameis for part of the season. The Saints, uh, the Saints find themselves in some shootouts because he's turning the ball over a lot and the defense struggles, you know, with the short fields and then Jameis is getting a lot of garbage time or, uh, you know, negative game scripts where they've got to really open it up and throw, in which case I would expect Michael Thomas to just absolutely explode. Or Jameis actually looks pretty good. And because he's a, a more accomplished and polished passer than Taysom Hill anyway, he outperforms what we saw MT do with Taysom last year. And it looks a little bit more like it did with Teddy in, in 2019. Well, what, what did that look like? Well, with Teddy Bridgewater in 2019, I mean, Michael Thomas, with non-Breeze quarterbacks in 2019, rather, Michael Thomas averaged 23 PPR per game. That's a, that's a five-game sample. Pays for 368 PPR. So I just don't understand how he's sliding down the board, sliding down the board to an ADP of 31 overall. Now it's wide receiver 10, but you start looking at, okay, well, Curtis, you're telling me you like Michael Thomas. Well, who are you, who are you taking issue that he's going behind? Well, I would probably take issue with him going behind DK Metcalf for one. Uh, DK has got a wide receiver eight ADP. Uh, we don't expect Seattle to, you know, be a top five to top eight passing attempt team. You know, this year, Shane Waldron comes over from the Los Angeles Rams. And while I do expect the passing game to look a lot different, um, Seattle is still going to run the ball. I mean, they're still going to run the ball. And uh, Metcalf looked great, set a Seahawks receiving yardage record last year. Tyler Lockett, you know, was the one um, leading in targets and receptions. I just don't see a, a a realistic path for DK Metcalf to find 160 targets like we're talking about for MT even, you know, in his floor projection. Just doesn't really make sense. AJ Brown at wide receiver 7. Love AJ Brown. Love both of these players. But Julio Jones comes over to replace Corey Davis. You know tell me AJ Brown's going to get Michael Thomas level volume. I wish I could snap my fingers and make it happen. I don't see it happening. He's going a half round earlier. And even Justin Jefferson you know, what is the, what's the Vikings offense really going to look like um, this year? Justin Jefferson had a few huge explosion games, and we still found Adam Thielen, you know, hanging around, scoring, you know, plenty of touchdowns and being, you know, heavily involved in the offense. Kyle Rudolph leaves. Could that be a path for Irv Smith uh, to be more heavily utilized in the passing game? You know, even if Jefferson were to repeat what he did last year, at you know 274 PPR, that's right in the range we're talking about for Michael Thomas. You can get Michael Thomas seven to eight picks cheaper by ADP is a value. I'm not saying Justin Jefferson's overrated in that area, but Michael Thomas offers you know a similar wide receiver production and wide receiver projection this year uh, at a much cheaper cost. And then, you know, in the scenario where where Jameis comes in and plays. And, and plays the entire season and the Saints can still throw the ball as a high volume, you know, pass heavy offense. 
is it really that unrealistic that Michael Thomas would be the overall wide receiver one? I mean, I, I really don't think that it is that that that's re- unrealistic at all. It's probably unrealistic unre- if Taysom Hill starts, but it's probably not unrealistic if Jameis Winston starts. I think Michael Thomas is the clear end of a tier and uh, redraft for wide receivers this year. And I just love uh, getting access to potential, you know, uber elite production in the the middle of the third round of, of fantasy drafts this year. Just absolutely love it. So I'm at 22.2% on MT. Uh, I don't think that that's going to diminish. And in fact, I would anticipate pushing that up into the 25 to 30% range over the rest of the summer if this ADP um, doesn't change. Now, looking at some other uh, popular formats, you know, we've got the the underdog best ball mania tournament. Michael Thomas is going just a little bit earlier in that format, uh, ADP of 28. Um, so still, you know, still in the third round, but about three picks higher. Uh, and he's going at wide receiver nine rather than wide receiver 10. Last, but certainly not least, my number one overall owned wide receiver thus far in best ball tournament drafts in 2021. It's Cooper Cup. It's not even close. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of scared. I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks that, you know, my exposure is high. I can't stop drafting him. And I'm trying to trying to pick other players. But obviously, I believe in the core tenets of structural-based drafting here at Rotoviz. And I find myself hammering, you know, wide receivers in the range that uh, Cup is being drafted in. And we were on underdog here a minute ago, so we'll, we'll talk about his ADP there. ADP of 47.6 on that platform. About a half round later, half to three quarters round later on FFPC at 55.1. So we're talking about an end of round four to mid round five guy, depending on which you know platform you're playing on. He's wide receiver 21 on FFPC and 22 uh, over at, at underdog. Cup just had the weirdest season in 2020 i mean he, he came crashing back down to earth in his touchdown in his touchdown uh scoring performance just three touchdowns on 124 targets you know the year before on 134 targets he scored 10 touchdowns and that was about all the difference i mean his receptions were very much in line year over year 94 in 2019 versus 92 in 2020 a little bit of a difference in the receiving yards his, his a dot uh, was a little different year over year as a function of uh, some some playing time without Jared Goff and also Jared Goff just looking busted and you know the Rams not having uh, as much success with the running game early on and then the offense kind of going through an identity crisis in 2020. Uh, Cup underperformed his receiving yards by about 200 yards uh, year over year, but a, a seven touchdown regression uh, to the bad year over year. And so, you know, I'm not going to project necessarily that he returned to that double-digit touchdown production in 2021, but I would certainly expect a bounce there. I would expect uh, a a more efficient, more productive per-target Cooper Cup with Matthew Stafford in the mix rather than Jared Goff. And, you know, I think the Rams' offense overall will be much more explosive. And so I, I think it's possible that they throw the ball like 2019 Los Angeles did when we got Jared Goff's career season. And uh, if they do that, they throw it 600 plus times. I mean, Cup could challenge for 150 targets. 
and you know we could see 2019 or even better uh type production in 2021 he was a wide receiver four overall in 2019 and uh you know i I don't think that's outside the range of outcomes this year all of the camp reports that you read uh if you one of my favorite things to do throughout may june july really until we start getting really consistent you know training camp reports from you know official practices and you know shared practices and preseason prep etc is just to do uh, quarterback and receiver um, name searches on on Google, looking for anything from the smallest little beat reports to actual coach-recorded pressers on team websites. There's a lot more being said about Cooper Cup by Matthew Stafford uh, than Robert Woods. Lots of Robert Woods talking about Matthew Stafford. Lots of Matthew Stafford talking about Cooper Cup. Calls him one of the most intelligent players he's played with. Uh, very easy to find a number of, of highlight reel type plays uh, from Stafford to Cup and practices so far. Again, not overweighting that. A um, little bit of confirmation bias, but early on, he just seemed like such an outlier here at the 4-5 turn for an offense that should very clearly be better. I mean, none of you listening think that the Rams will be worse as an offense in 2021 than 2020. None of you think that they got worse at quarterback. None of you think that they're worse off at running back now having found Cam Akers at the end of the season. And, I mean, this is one of the best receiving groups in the NFL. Uh, They got even better, adding the deep element to Sean Jackson. I think that's just going to help Cooper Cup even eat uh, eat even more. Gerald Everett's out of the picture. One less mouth to feed underneath. Just really excited. Really, really excited here. Let's look at the uh, NFL stat explorer on Cooper Cup because... Uh, it's another good way to spot some trends for players and just see, you know, what's the story of the past couple of years, you know, really look like. Uh, Cooper Cup has been an incredibly, incredibly efficient player, you know, throughout his career. Positive fantasy points uh, over expectation every year of his career. Uh, if we look at expected fantasy points uh, beginning in 2018, where, you know, he played the half season but really started to break out, expected fantasy points per game. Uh, wide receiver 22 and 2019 expected fantasy points per game wide receiver 14 and then in 2020 expected fantasy points per game for wide receiver uh, wide receiver 17 so he's he's kind of a, a mid to low end wide receiver too in terms in terms of expected uh, fantasy points but then we look at the uh, the fantasy points over expectation per game way up in, in 2018, fifth, in 2019, 16th. I mean, he's he's just in that mid-wide receiver two to even wide receiver one category in many, many different uh, many different metrics. I mean, wide receiver four and racer in 2019, wide receiver four and, and PPR, as we mentioned earlier, wide receiver seven PPR per game. I don't know. I just can't stop drafting Cooper Cup. I just can't stop drafting. He's also increased his team target share every year of his career. So he started out with a 20% team target share in games played, and he's increased that by 1% each year, uh, culminating with a 24% team target market share in 2020. I I think it's a little dangerous maybe to project that even higher, uh, going higher than that. But Dave Cabin runs our NFL projection machine. 
and uh, he's got a pretty rosy outlook for for Cooper Cup. He's projecting wide receiver 15 finish this year. Uh, he, he's, he sees a lot of mega wide receiver seasons so far and his work in the machine. He's got Cooper Cup uh, basically approximating his 2019 production with 276 PPR, 147 targets, uh, that, that nice uh, touchdown regression to the positive with eight touchdowns in 2021 as part of Caven's proje- uh, projection here. So, you know, if, if that plays out that way, Cooper Cup's going to outperform his positional ADP by, you know, eight to 10 spots as a wide receiver. And, you know, when you can take him as your wide receiver three consistently, even if you go with the one early elite running back structure and a best ball tournament, Cooper Cup can be your third, sometimes even fourth wide receiver if he's there at the beginning of the fifth round. You know, if you're a team that draws the one or the two and you start out McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook or Saquon Barkley and then follow it up with four wide receivers and end that run with Cooper Cup, it's just money. It's just absolute money. Well, there's a rundown on three wide receivers I'm super hot on. Uh, at this point, the kind of halfway point of best ball drafts and best ball tournament season. Hopefully you found a nugget in there that put you on one of these guys. I hope that you're, you're in high on them as well. Uh, And if you're not, there's still time to correct it because, as I said, we're just getting into the third quarter of best ball draft season. Of course, if you haven't drafted yet, uh, make sure you check out all the games that are available to you. But we uh, highly recommend the FFPC platform. And, of course, they've got a $100,000 jackpot uh, in their best ball tournament this season. Really fun. And then, then of just course, their regular leagues, too. Um, I'm drafting against uh, Rotoviz Radio producer Calm Kelly head-to-head in a draft right now uh one of their 35 dollars best ball drafts so i uh, just can't get enough of this stuff just can't get enough we'll be back later this week answering some uh listener and twitter follower questions and i've got another surprise episode in the works as well so you'll still get three great episodes just know dave this week he'll be back and we'll have a regular schedule next week Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.